Hi everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. This episode was with Betsy Sena. Uh, we have a great chat with her. Betsy was a three-time NCAA champion over cross-country, indoor, and outdoor track during the 2012-2013 seasons while at Iowa State. She was a 2016 Rio Olympian for Kenya in the 10,000 meters. She has won the Paris Marathon, her PB in the Marathon, 222, and most recently, she won the Seville Half in course record time, 68.25, for one of her first big events since not only becoming a U.S. citizen, but uh, also after becoming a mother. She has a son who's 13 months old, and we talk a lot about her postpartum return and her plans for the future. We don't have a formal catch-up this week, but... A few announcements. Uh, Keeping Track Podcast is officially on the Evergreen Podcast Network, so go check out some of their other shows, specifically their women's sports shows. Uh, we are on the network alongside Hear Her Sports Podcast and Women's Running Stories Podcast, our little women's sports network within a network, um, and they're great. T- check them out if you haven't listened to them. February 1st was National Girls and Women in Sports Day, which... Um, you know, is a day to acknowledge female athletes' accomplishments and recognize how pivotal a role sports play uh, in growth and development of women and girls and honors the progress and recognizes progress yet to come for women and girls' uh, equality in women's sports. So, uh, needless to say, Keeping Track is all about this day. Um, We're going to shout out a few resources. Of course, Lauren Fleshman's book, which we talked about last episode, Good for a Girl, our book, Uh, How She Did It with Sarah Slattery and myself, both great resources for coaches and young athletes and parents of young athletes. Voice and Sport Mentorship Program, another great resource where you can take classes from people like Allison Felix or Elise Cranny, and there's other sports in there too, Um, Olympians um, trying to mentor the next generation of female athletes. Women's Sports Foundation, of course, our leaders in this space, and Alicia is doing some great work with them. And finally, we love this. This was released on uh, this day. Sarah Vaughn kicked off the Vaughn Child Care Fund. Um, big shout out to this. Go check it out at Vaughn Child Care Fund on Instagram, www.vaughnchildcarefund.org. Um, and this is sort of an expansion on the college maternity scholarships that Sarah had been giving out since 2017. We're so great that this got bigger backing. If you want to donate here, go check out that page. If you want to utilize these resources available, Go check out the page and see what's available to you. It's a very um, under-supported part of maternity, the college maternity um, comeback. You know, we want these women to get through their education, and Sarah did that as a, as a college athlete, and now she's giving back, which is great. February is also Black History Month, and we look forward to some exciting episodes in this month, um, talking about some really important topics there. And we can't wait to turn it over to Betsy Sena. Thanks for keeping track. Okay, hi Betsy. We're here with Betsy Sena. Betsy is currently in Kenya training, and um, congratulations on your recent win in the Seville Half Marathon. Thank you, thank you. Um, I appreciate you know me and you. We are in that process whereby. Whenever you are going for a race, you are like, I don't know how I'm gonna do. So um, it was really a huge, um, a huge privilege for me. Like I knew, like I've done a lot, but um, 
you know, you never know what this body has, especially when you took a break for that long period of time without racing. But uh, it was really, really good to be doing that after my last race was 2019. So it was really amazing to, you know, like to do like a real race was like really, really amazing. Yeah. Can you tell us what's happened between 2019 and now? Uh, so 2020, I um, I actually, I didn't know what I wanted in 2020, you know, like that period whereby you're like, when Corona starts, I think it just, it just took my, it took a load in me, like, you know, like, like mm-hmm. everybody else, like you didn't know what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was training, I was not motivated. And then uh, by that time, if you remember, there was no races to go. And um I I wonder I, I had a lot going on. I, I was like maybe I should take a break to go for maternity leave. I was not motivated again. So it was just like that here, whereby if, if they ask me today, what did you do in 2020? I'll just say like I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, in 2021, I just um I was really privileged when I signed my contract with uh with Essex and I was really getting back to raising. Um but then there was something in me that I felt like I want to be a mother and there's this there's this contract that I already signed with Essex. But then I, I just decided I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna take it anyway. It's fine, whatever happened. But uh, you know, like for me, like I think I'm almost having the same goal with you, whereby like you really want to be a mother, you know, it's something that it takes a lot of time and it can take like a year or two when you're still debating whether to do it or not. And mm-hmm. um 2021 was my year and by April I was like I was really really fit when I was training and I was like ah oh, maybe I should go to Boston or something and then I was like mm, maybe I should just go for maternity leave and then you know the, the goal is like how many years do I have before the Olympics in 2024 and I was like this is the right time for me to go for maternity leave. Yes it's so hard as a female athlete you think about especially an Olympic athlete you think about your life in four-year cycles because you think about the Olympics but then when you're trying to plan a family it's like well, how does that fit in? Like you're nearly trying to plan it in a four-year cycle to come back too. So it's like, I don't want to have a baby. Is this how you felt too? Kind of like, oh, well, I need yeah. to time this right. And that's like kind of stressful. Yeah, I know. Like it's honestly, it's something that uh, at the end of the day, like after I did it, I just came and, uh, you know, when I started running, I was like, you know, like when you go for maternity leave, um, there's no guarantee that you're going to come back and feel good. And there's no current, there's no assurance for that for sure. So it's kind of like a big risk for us. But at the end of the day, I felt like it's what makes us happy. If um, for me, I just thought about it and I was like, I really want to have a baby, you know, like I'm that person like who really loves baby so much. And when I could see people, I, I admire people's baby so much. And then I was like, you know what, whether it comes back or not, I'm going to give it a shot and we'll see what, what happens. And Luckily, um, we are grateful when you get that opportunity whereby you still feel like you're coming back to be a real athlete again, you know, after having that baby, it's really amazing. Yes. Yeah. We know, we know a little bit about your history as a great athlete who's been on Olympic teams and in the NCAA, but I want to talk to you a little bit more about your training and your comeback from postpartum, from having Clea, because um, I feel like I'm on the same journey. Clea's about a few months older than my daughter. So I always like to ask women runners how it was, how was training? Did you train while you were pregnant? Um, we'll start, we can start there. Like, what was that period like? Did you just take a really long break while you were pregnant or were you able to run a little bit or what, what was that like? Uh, you know, like in Kenya, apparently, um, you know, we have, I, I mean, 
there's different views about how people uh, take the maternity break, especially in um, especially in Kenya, whereby you know, like in Kenya, you can um, you can always have people whenever someone is pregnant, they always prefer to stay home and not do anything. It's kind of like a cultural thing. But um, you know, for me, I just I just I just made a decision and I said I'm going to do it like the Western Western life, like the way. I've seen people do in the US or the way people have done it in other places, you know, like I know a lot of athletes like Kara Koja and, um, you know, like Paula Radcliffe. So I knew like a lot of runners would not stay like um, like the Kenyan athletes, you know. And um, so I it, it was a big challenge because I'm in an environment whereby um, they want when a woman is pregnant, you just have to stay home. They They will charge you when you start running because they're like, what are you doing? You know, like they feel like you hurting the baby or I don't know. I think it's kind of like a taboo here. But um, for me, I I had I set my goals and I said, I'm going to start, I'm going to, you know, as soon as I knew I was pregnant, I told myself like, I'm going to do like Alice um, Montana. And I was like, I'm going to start running. I'm going to keep running the way. I remember when she ran when she was like eight months pregnant or something. <laughs> and um, even though like there was a lot of questions outside there, I didn't really care to be honest with you because I was like, at the end of the day, it's all about me. It's not about, it's all about me and the baby that I'm carrying, you know? So um, I could, I could wake up in the morning and, you know, like I keep running. I, I stayed active for like three months that I was just consistent, you know, like just trying to, you know, I was doing the workouts like, everything was good even though I was throwing up a lot like I know uh, pregnancy is different with women but mine was really worse than me because I was throw- I I was throwing up all along until when I had the baby but um you know whenever I get any chance that I feel good I would just go for a run I go for a walk I go for exercises and I keep doing that until when I was um I remember the last time I ran like real running was I was seven months pregnant and I was starting to to feel kind of uncomfortable and um when I felt uncomfortable, I um sorry. When I felt uncomfortable, I started um I started to do like a lot of exercise more and walk a lot, you know, like do like two hours walking around and I could do like exercise, I could go to the gym. And people could think I was crazy to be honest, but um I felt like I was feeling really good to be honest. I was just I I couldn't run really fast, but I felt like I was really fit, you know, like when you are aerobically fit, but you don't have that fitness, you know, like you just know for sure that you are out of it. But I felt like I was in shape, you know. So mm-hmm. um, after seven months, I came I came back to the US and um, it was one of the biggest things because I could still go to the gym and do exercises there because nobody will ask me like, why are you doing this? So I was very comfortable being there compared to being in Kenya. And um I, I remember the last moment before I went for I went to her to have my child. I told my sister, my sister had uh, she has twins that are one month older than my than my than Kalia. And I woke up and I said I'm gonna run and I ran for five k. You know, you know the way you run on and off, like you run a little bit and you stop. And I was like, guess what? I'm still feeling good. I can still, you know, with this, I'm very very pregnant and I can still run like four twenty pace. I was like. Mm. It looks like I'm doing good. So I stopped. I was like, okay, time to relax for the last two weeks before the baby. And thank goodness I had a normal delivery. And it was actually, I felt like uh, maybe the exercise I, the exercises I did might have helped a lot because I had the issues to delivery. I did not, um, I think I was in labor for only 12 hours and everything was just really amazing. Oh, well, that's good to hear that went smoothly. Um, did you, you had your son in the U.S. or did you have him in Kenya? In the U.S. Okay. Um, and 
you trained through a little bit the pregnancy, it sounds like. Do you think, um, well, I guess first I'm curious about the ASICS contract. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about that, but like, was there like, did they allow, did they have the maternity clause or was there a way for you? Like, was it a typical contract where if you don't race, it's like going to get reduced or did you feel like it, you were supported throughout the whole pregnancy or what was that like? Cause I know nowadays some contracts have changed and some maybe haven't caught up yet. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm one of those people whereby I was really lucky to be honest with you, Molly. Like, um, you know, since I was a Nike athlete for all the period of time and immediately after I signed the contract, I went for maternity leave. So I I feel like Essex was, you know, I put them in a very awkward position that I really have to apologize sometimes because I feel bad because if it was a company that I was running for for those many years, it could be like, oh, whatever, I did something for you guys. But mm-hmm. now it's a it's a company that was really new for me. Like I did not do any race at all. All that I had was a contract between them and me, and there's a pregnancy right here. And um, I remember I freaked out. I was like, I was afraid to tell my agent about it until I I told him when I was three months pregnant. Actually, um, you know, I keep giving out like, excuses when I wanted to race because I was really I was really afraid what is going to happen. You know, like I was like, what are they going to tell me? Um, you know, like I I was my biggest concern was like. You need to be financially stable when you're going for maternity leave. And I was like, I don't think I'm in that position whereby I am ready to lose this contract, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, to be honest with you, like, I am so happy that um, I end up signing with a company that really, you know, they care a lot about, even though I was the first athlete that they had to deal about the maternity issues, um, they were still, they was really amazing. I, I called my agent. I was like, hey, guess what? I'm sorry to tell you this, but, but I am uh, I took I'm taking my maternity leave and kindly talk to Essex and see what they will say. I was ready for anything because at the end of the day I haven't raised for them, you know. Like at that period, I was just ready for anything. I was ready if they will say like, well, sorry, we are not going to keep supporting you, you know, because I did I've, I had not done anything for them to be honest. Nobody even knew about like me being an Essex athlete because I had not raised at all, or you know, like I had, I didn't even I only had one bag of Essex clothes. I did not have a lot. And um, thank goodness, um, my agent spoke with them, and uh, I talked with Ben Caesar, the the manager f- for Essex. And um, you know, when I saw the call, I was freaking out. I remember telling my husband, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it looks like I'm having this conversation, and I don't know how it's gonna end." And I was like, "You know what? Whatever happened, it happens." He was like, oh, hi, Betsy, congratulations. We are so proud of you. I just want you to enjoy this maternity leave. We're we still trusting in you. Actually, when, when he said that, it just gave me a lot of motivation. Like I started now saying, okay, now I'm not going to relax and sit down since I have all the support I have. They did not take any money from me. They were very supportive. They were asking me if I need anything. So it just gave me kind of like a boost because, you know, when you are in your pregnancy, you know how it feels sometimes like you have those crummy days that you don't know what to do. And for me, I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to try as much as I can to make sure that I don't disappoint this company because they have done more than what I was expecting. You know, like if you remember five years ago or whatever, the story for um, Alison Felix, you will be like, Look how Alison has changed the life of many athletes like us. I was actually privileged, even though, you know, she doesn't know me in person. But I felt like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Every, you know, like, if if it was during that period of time, maybe it could be different. They could be like, okay, it's time to stop. You'll get your contract back when you come back racing, which it could be, like, right now, which is, like, two years later, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Essex, was, they were really amazing, actually. They gave me all the support and... 
they even gave me a link that I could order the stuff that I want. Like they were just like, get anything you want. And I remember Ben, after, um, after I had a baby, immediately I had a baby, he gave me a call and he was like, congratulations. We are so proud of you um, with no pressure at all. And then he was like, just keep, uh, just keeping you enjoy that time with the baby. We are, patient and we don't have any any rush we know you're gonna come back and actually that one gave me a boost like i felt like um when when he told me that i started being like okay let me do this i did it with no pressure you know when you know when you're not rushing for something like um mm-hmm. i was really gentle on it i took two months of no running at all like completely off and then in the third month i start i started walking for like a week or two and then i started running one minute on one minute one minute off and then after like three months i started going to the gym so i took a process that i felt like um if if i didn't have that assurance from the company supporting me maybe i would have rushed and i don't think i could be back right now maybe i could have got injured in the middle of that because you're trying to get back on time and you you your body so fragile because you don't know how you feel right Mm-hmm. But um, it was really amazing for the for that all support and everything. It made everything easy for me that I I did this without any pressure until October when my when when Kalia was um nine months or almost ten months. I went and paced London and then I decided to do half marathon and I ran seventy one. Nobody was telling me to do it. I just told them I just want to do something, even though I will not be ready to do it. But I felt like I was in a good shape to just like get out there and just be with people, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you are going to show that um, if you provide support, it might take a year or it might take a year and a half or it might take two years, but you'll have an athlete who comes back. They just need to be supported. Yeah. And you're right. That's such a good point that like when you don't feel scared and rushed, you actually um, can progress better and healthier and reach a higher level than if you were to rush and get hurt and stop early and start, stop, um, and try and get back in five months, you know, that's really like a counterproductive way to do things, which if you didn't have the contract, you would feel like you need to do that. So I hope that you're one of many athletes who are showing that this way works, you know, and then you have not only a great performance, but you have a female athlete who can talk about, motherhood and relate to so many other women that way while she's on top of the podium healthy with a family so um i'm so glad that you told us that like the way things went um yeah the the comeback yeah it's not easy did you have any runs where you were like there's no way i could ever run a 68 minute half again or like there's no way i'll go i'll get back like or were you always kind of like just chip away at it like what was your mentality on those days that those early days um luckily like i said uh i felt like i was fit when i even had the baby i felt you know have you seen whereby you know like all i need is sharpness but i feel like i'm, really, I'm fit like aerobically fit because i was staying in um seven thousand to eight thousand feet and uh for me the reason why i was in kenya actually was because i told myself i was trying to find any trick that can make me feel confident about my running and i love being in the altitude i'm that person that i can you know i do like amazing workouts in the altitude my i think because i was born in the high altitude and i was raised in the altitude for 19 years before i moved to the u.s and um so like when i started running um i remember some days that i will celebrate when i ran 530 per kilometer you know like you know you start with like 10 minute pace and you're like, oh my God, that is not in miles, that is in kilometers. And within a period of like three weeks or four weeks, I was feeling a lot of change. Every day to me was like, 
a progress every day was you know because i was running i was not running a lot i was just running i started with like 40 minutes 50 minutes and then you go to the gym you skip running you come back and run and i remember one day when i did uh 25 25 well, in kenya they use 25k and i don't i don't now i'm changing my mentality not like the way i used few smiles when i'm in the u.s and there's a day that i did it was in june when i ran 25k and i ran um 425 pace per k and that day I was, I celebrated, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, it looks like it's coming back together. It's not something big, but it's something big for someone like me and you, you know, people who understand exactly how old is my baby. I was like, my baby is five months old and I'm able to run, um, you know, like 430 pace for 25K. It felt really good. I was doing it in the altitude. And um, when I came back, I... You know, I started now saying I need to start working out. And I started with like doing fat leg, like one minute on, one minute off. And I was like, mm, I'm running like 340, 345, you know, but, you know, when you see one minute faster, it's 345. And I was like, oh my gosh, it looks like it's coming back. So my mentality ended up switching from, you know, like being a mother coming from maternity leave saying my goal is to raise, I wanted to run a Falmo. 10, seven miles but then I keep training I started going for the track workout I started doing this and this and I was like mm, it looks like it's too highly let me give patience until the fitness is coming and I didn't want to dis disrupt it by traveling um but when I when I went on to base in uh in London there's whatever that group I don't remember it was that group or something like that I I wanted to see how what I can run in the half when I'm pacing when I'm at the front without having anyone being ahead of me so I went there and I pushed there's some point that I was running like for example like I remember when I could run like they wanted the lady I was pacing it was a pace of 320 328 per k and some kilometers was like oh 323 322 I'm like okay and then you you're coming back 331 332 and I was feeling like I'm doing a lot of work um by the moment I crossed the half the 21k I felt I was like oh my gosh it's 73 I keep going until 23 and I was like, oh, I'm done right here. But it was so hard, like really. Um, then so I was you, like- Wait, Betsy, you went to 23 miles that day? 23K. Oh, 23K. Okay, I was going to say, that's like uh, yeah. pretty far. So, gotcha, gotcha. 23K, everybody. I did until like 14 miles or something like that. 40, okay. Almost 15 miles. And then, and it was really the hardest thing ever, you know? Like, I was like, I thought I was in shape, you know? When I was coming, I was like, I thought I was in shape and then I was like, I think I'm not. And then, you know, you just don't tell anyone. You just put it on yourself and be like, oh, shit, it's not going to work out. Um, but then I came back and I had a race actually in um, in less than 10 days. And I was debating whether to go to Japan or not. And I was trying to use an ex excuse to my agent saying, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be too much. But then he was like, no, 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 just go for it. You are in the race. He didn't understand why I do, I wanted to pull back. I wanted to pull back because I was like, I don't want to go around 74 or 73 again. But then uh, I was like, you know what? Suck it up and just go there and just do your thing. So I went there and I went out with... um. I went out with a lead group. I didn't care. And I ran 32 minutes for the 10K. And then by 12K, 13K, I, was trying to, I started to struggle. Um, by 18K, I started running four-minute pace. And I ended up running 71, right? And I was like, actually, I feel good. Like, you know, like when you run 71, you celebrate. You're like, 
it's like if you ran 70 when i when you ran 70 in houston it's just like it's a huge comeback you know like mm-hmm. you celebrate that because you you didn't know exactly if you're gonna come and get there because you know like two months or whatever you you didn't even know if you could run 75 but now you are like 70 is a decent you know it's a it's a decent pace for people like us and um I came back from Japan having that mentality saying, my goal is to run, I wanted to run a CIM in December and I changed my mentality right away. And I said, I'm not going to go to CIM because I feel like I need to do more. Like I need to concentrate more. I need to reevaluate myself and get more mileage and keep getting the speed because I feel like aerobically I'm okay, but the speed is completely out of it. So I came back and we started working on the speed and, you know, I could go to the track three times. I remember I could go to the track three times a week. Sometimes I go do like 400 times 20, come back again. I go back to 200 in the track. And um, by December, actually, when they were running CIM, I was like, oh shit, I could have gone to CIM. I'm feeling really good again. But then I was like, my 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 agent was like no 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 let's just be patient like i don't want you to rush to something you know that is the the, the beauty of having the support that we really want you don't want someone who will push you saying like go to cim you have to do this because the the company wants to see you compete and i remember even when i was texting ben because i told him i will be in cim i texted him and i said i'm going to pull back and get ready for half marathon in january and then I will go back to, I'm going to go back to Tokyo in March and I will be confident going to race when I am ready, you know, like I don't want to do CIM because I'm 50-50, like I don't want to run 230, you know, like I was like, I don't want to run 230. I just want to, I want to get ready to the race whereby I feel like I'm in a decent shape that I can run at least under 225. And he was very supportive. He was like, oh yeah, sure. And then I will see you in December because he was coming in to Kenya in December. I was like, when the boss is coming to Kenya and he's, he wants to see you, then things are going on really well. So, <laughs> I stay well relaxed and um, I just keep grinding slowly and enjoying the enjoying the process. And um, by de- by December, I decided that I wanted to, I wanted to do Houston, but then I was like, Houston will be way too much to fly all the way and come back to Kenya because I wanted to stay in Kenya until um, until Tokyo. So I chose to go to Seville, even though I knew the weather is not going to be okay because it's winter or whatever. But I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go there. But to be honest with you, um, when I went to Seville. My goal was um, I wanted to run at least I wanted to run at least six. I wanted to go with like six to seven flat and see what happened because the training that I've done it could tell me that you can run six to seven. You know, like mm-hmm. I I um being on that training from long time, whatever um, how many years we've been training, you can tell exactly what kind of a shape you are, especially right now that you don't have to worry about the fats you are losing. Everything is back to normal, and I just wanted to go out with six to seven zero zero and see what happened, but. Unfortunately, we woke up on um, on that day, on Sunday, and it was negative something. And we started the race when it was zero degrees with a, with some a little bit ice on the floor, and I couldn't warm up. My body was kind of like crunchy, you know, when you are racing when it's very cold. And I was like, "What am I gonna do? I have to reevaluate what I wanted to do. I want to go for the win and enjoy the race and see what I can do." But I I I didn't I I didn't set any goal saying I want to run this, but for sure I just wanted to run something really decent, and I felt like um. Running 68, it felt really comfortable. Like, even when I finished the race, I felt like I could keep going. It's just like I was still, that cold just didn't allow me to keep pushing. And um, I felt really decent with it. And I'm excited again to get back. And I got back this morning and I already ran my 12 miles and it's already, the body's responding really well. That's good. Yeah. Who would have thought it would be cold in Seville? I thought it was nice this time of year, but um, 
That 67 flat time is close to the American record, which I don't know if people forget, but Betsy got her citizenship in, was it 2021? Your U.S. Yeah. citizenship? Yeah. Yes. So will, will we see you at the marathon trials next year too? Honestly, um, uh, the biggest thing for me, Molly, is like, uh, you know, like I really want to, you know, like me and you know that when you are aging, I'll be 35 in um, in June. And that being the fact that it's like, um, I really want to give this as a shot saying, this might be my last Olympics, you know, like I really, I really want to make this team. Like I really want to make the Olympic team. And, um, you know, like I remember before I made the Kenyan team in 2016, my goal when I came back, I started thinking about it in 2015. What, what, what do I need to do to make the team? You know, at the moment, all that I'm praying for is to stay healthy. We, I've been so grateful, like I'm among those runners that I've been really lucky and I hope I can still maintain that being lucky and staying injury free and um, put things together. And I, even when I signed with uh, with Essex, my biggest goal, I told them, even, even when I knew I was taking my maternity leave, I said, I told Tom, I was like, please, when you talk to them, I don't know what they say behind when I'm not there, you know, when you guys are having the meetings, tell them my goal is to make the Olympic team. And, you know, I really want to make the Olympic team. I hope I can run maybe 220 or 219 at some point. I don't know. May, hopefully it can happen in Tokyo. And if it doesn't happen, it's totally fine. I'm just going to go for it anyway. Like I like to take risks, like especially when your training is going on really well. Don't be afraid to go out for it. You can go out for it. You become short. Next time it's always there, but at least I, I will not walk away having something in mind saying maybe I would have done APCD, you know, mm-hmm. but to be honest with you, like my biggest goal is um, I really want to make the Olympic team for 2024. I want to go back to Paris. For Team USA. That's exciting. Um, will you be coming back over to train or going back and forth? Like, do you, how do you structure your year between Kenya and the U.S.? Uh, right now, I'm going to be, I'm going to finish, when I finish uh, Tokyo, I'm going to head back to the U.S. for some time. I'm, I'm going to be balancing staying on and off, but I like to stay in the altitude more. And uh, the reason actually why I'm staying in Kenya right now is, um, I don't know if someone have, has ever told you, like, it's so easy to raise a child in Kenya <laughs> because... Um, yes, tell us what your support system's like. I meant to ask you that too. Like, who is... Yeah, honestly, in Kenya, like... Um, to be honest with you, like I, I mean, I am so happy to be here. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't have, I don't have, um, I don't have to be worried about who is babysitting my son or who is when Kalia is sleeping in his own bed. Okay, and um, I have a girl who has been helping me since when Kalia was um three months since when I came back from the U.S. And Kalia really likes her so much that even I don't know. I think maybe I've been too busy that my son, my son likes mommy, but he spends a lot of time with her. Like she's like, um, she's the biggest, the biggest support for me, to be honest. I take her like, she's like a sister right now because I, I can take as long nap as I can, you know, I'm not worried about what time should I go to bed or something like that? What time is Kalia sleeping or what time, what time do I need someone to help me? Like when I went to Japan, I'm not worried. I left my child behind and she is in safe hands. Um, So like, and then you, you don't pay a lot of money. Like I am just paying, I'm supposed to pay $50 a month, you know? Oh, here we go. She's awake. Hi, <laughs> hi, baby. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, here we have a nanny for a few hours a day. They're, they're a lot more expensive than in Kenya. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, but yeah, it is still true. hard. Like I feel like I choose races based on 
closeness like you did with Seville, where you're like, I don't want to go far. I don't want to stay away as long as I used to. Um, so Yeah. I definitely related to that when you were like, I want to be home in less than five days. You know, I want to be home in Yeah, like yeah, one yeah, day. yeah, yeah. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm I mean, I mean, I think it's a, it's it's almost a, it's a little bit the only difference is because you get all the support you want like I mean, I have I have three girls in the in the compound, you know, like I have I am doing a business here like for guest houses that you know, I have some guests staying in the houses and I have three girls. I have one girl who is very much full-time babysitter for Kalia and It just makes everything easy for me. I don't have to worry about anything. Like, you know, it's, the only thing that I that I'm worried about is like when I leave the house, I start missing him a lot, you know, even though like I don't even spend a lot of time with him. Like I'm supposed to, but sometimes I take a nap and we take a nap together. Like I will be like, I will bring him to my bed and we can cuddle together when I'm taking a nap. And um, but the problem is when I was away, uh, you know, you start missing him, especially after you finish the day, you are like, Whoa, I left my child behind and you start missing him a lot. Yes, I feel like that's the naps and the massages and the physical therapy are the parts that I'm uh, slacking on as a pro. I get my run done, but then everything else I'm like, oh, I don't have time. <laughs> but hopefully that Yeah. gets better. Yeah, it's gonna well the good thing with the grow though, like right now is like I just I just feel like uh, all that we need is that, that support. That baby is growing so fast though. They are growing so quick. Within no time you'll be like, Oh, Kali is almost working right now. He can stand by himself. And you will call everybody, you will call daddy, you will call ma, you will call everybody right now. And it's really it makes things easy when you feel like they know they, they are getting better, they are getting, you know, they are growing big. Yes. Um, how old is Kalia now? Is he a year? He's, he's one year and one month. One year and one month. And you say you feel you feel pretty good in workouts now. Um, yeah. I, I always like to ask, too, like, did you like are you when did you stop breastfeeding or did you breastfeed? Because I feel like people don't really talk about how it can make you feel so tired. And so um, that's something to factor in, you know, if you If you're gonna stop breastfeeding, Yeah, you're gonna probably start running a little faster. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I might actually, this is really funny. You cannot believe this. So Kalia is still breastfeeding. No, I, I <laughs> believe that. There's my friends I've, go I've up to two tried. years. Yeah. I've tried to stop. I've tried to be like, like when I left a few days ago, I said, Kalia, no more breastfeeding. But then when I get, when I, the, when the reason I realized that I still have a lot of milk is when I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, I am, I am having a lot of milk right now. So I had to pump when I was there. But then when I was coming back, I was like, I'm not going to give him anymore. I'm going to quit because I had people say, you're going to feel good when you're not breastfeeding. Actually, uh, my goal is to stop him this week and see how I feel in three weeks when I go for, for my marathon. I don't know. They say you feel good, but I don't know. I have no idea. Good luck. Yes, I I decided. know. I my coach was like, why don't you wait till you're done and then do a marathon? Because he's like, I think you'll feel better. And I was like, yeah, I hope so. That's I what think I hear. what, what I just I just wanted to let you know is like, I think sometimes it's mentality because I feel like there's a lot of people, I mean, it can be true, you know, but if you don't focus on that so much, because I remember at some point when I was tired and I could take it as an excuse saying, well, it's pretty feeling. But the day I forgot about it and I just got rid of it, I was like, I don't care, you know, it's not going to be pretty feeding, you know, so long as I take enough sleep, I take a lot of uh, fluids, you know, you, you, you take all the nutrients that you need, you eat well, you will not feel that bad. I, I, have, I haven't felt bad at all, to be honest, though. <laughs> hey, baby. I don't, I don't want her to um, put her hand on the microphone. Jojo's joining us.
Um, I know it's, I do feel like marathon training plus breastfeeding is like, you have to eat more than you've ever eaten and drink more water than you've ever, like, it's very, um, you have to be very intentional about staying fueled and, uh, getting like enough for your, enough food for the both of you. Yeah, that, I think that's actually what has been. But I'm going to stop him, actually. I don't think I will give him to Pristivit now. I'm going to stop. Um, that hopefully. Like, Kalia is very smart. He will come and just be like, mm, 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 and you're like, oh, it's okay. It's the last one. I'll be, I keep doing this for the last two months, saying, Kalia, it's the last one. And then you like, right now, when I was staying in the couch, he just came and he's just like, mm, 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 and he's just like so sweet, you know, and you'll be like, oh, it's okay. Just have it today. <laughs> I know. I have a feeling I'm going to have a hard time stopping as well. <laughs> it's, it's well, I think me and Alvin, Alvin did a good job. She did, she stopped when she was, um, one year and then one of one of my friend here um magdalene masai she's um marathon as well i think she stopped when she was six months and she did really good with it i don't know it's i think it's different but um we i guess we just have to try our best and see what we can do you know yes yeah my goal is one year and we'll see what happens so are you gonna um, do marathon this spring or no i was gonna go this spring but i think we might wait till either uh like early summer or early fall oh okay well if it's early fall then you gotta you got to do it before november <laughs> i know i keep giving myself more and more time i'm like yeah 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 it's a, we'll it's a good idea though <laughs> actually um the reason why i feel like when you feel like you are not very ready for it it's just because like mm. you you need that confidence before the Olympic trials. And if you start rushing, like saying, for example, you want to do it right now, and then you, it doesn't go the way you want, you need another four months again to get ready for another one. And it's going to be kind of like, oh, maybe I lost it or something like that. So I feel like, you know, staying longer and, you know, feeling confident going for it, even if it doesn't go well after feeling confident about it, it's better than when you are like, maybe I shouldn't have done it or something like that. Yeah. And you want time to get used to any like hormone changes or anything like that. I am always surprised at how little people know about like breastfeeding and like professional sports, like training, because I feel like yeah. it does, it does affect something. Um, it does. So we're just kind of learning on the fly with, with ourselves. And it sounds like similar, you're similar. You're just kind of used to it now. So. Yeah. You just, you, the good thing is like, there's a lot of road races. You can just do that to keep you boosted. And then when you are ready to train for like, you know, you don't, you will not need another four months anyway for marathon, maybe three months or two and a half and you are ready. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it depends on how much mileage you are putting in right now. So yeah. How much are you running right now? So you have about a month to go right before Tokyo. Like how much, what's your mileage like? I stayed pretty much with 115. I, I don't do a lot to be honest. I always do 115, 110. For, K, but, um, for miles? For miles. Yeah. Miles. Okay. And um, I haven't, I think the longest I've gone is 118, but um, I'm going to keep that. And, you know, I'm just going to keep that. I do like my workout is always, sometimes I do like longer workouts. Like I remember before I went to Seville, I did like three K's times six and one K in between, like 24 K of a workout. That makes it even better. Like it pushes your mileage really quick. And I think that is how I, I always, you know, like get my miles without struggling to like other people who are saying like, I have to do 130 or something like that. When I do like descent pace, for example, like if I do like three guys, for example, in altitude, like 10 minutes or to 9.55 for the six of them, it makes me know that I'm going to the right direction and I will not push to run like uh, a lot of my, like 130 miles or something like that. So when I'm in 110 and I'm doing it decent, even when I won um, 
I've ran 222 twice or three times. And all the time, I'm always ranging between 110, 115, and it feels comfortable for me. Yeah, then you can keep it like more quality. Um, yeah. Who, yeah. Do you meet up with anyone over there? Like, do you have a little training group or do you do most of the stuff alone? Or um, have you convinced your husband to get really good at running? Or like, what's your, who do you train with? Actually, I like I said again, there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff in Kenya because we have, uh, in Kenya, in Iten, we have like 2,000 athletes or more. And uh, not everybody we see is like, um, can be able to compete with the men. So uh, we, I have a group, um, you know, Jocelyn Chepkoske. So I decided to speak with the husband to help me because I wanted someone who can, who can help me because I was trying. I didn't know what to do after maternity leave because uh, my coach Canova. Uh, was having difficulty in Italy, like he was, he was not feeling well, and I think he's aging, and he doesn't do much of. Um, I wanted someone who can be there with me every day to see what I'm doing, you know. And um, Jocelyn and I went to same high school. We've been, you know, we've been friends for a long time, and even though we were not like after high school, I lost the touch a little bit, but we had something in common. Like we, she used to be a very good runner when I was in high school. And I remember when she was running and she could love us at the track and, you know, like knowing her and I like the way she walks and she's very honest. And um, I just talked to the husband and I was like, are you guys willing to help me? Like, I really need support. And, you know, they were really, they were, they were willing to help me. And I joined them actually in September or August. And we have like more than 10 boys, you know, pacing us. So it's like, it's a huge group, actually. I think we are like 15 of us with the yeah. two girls in sometimes i see your instagram updates and it is like a lot of guys pacing you and i was like oh that looks great to just tuck in and go that's a, it's a um just makes the workout feel easier doesn't it it is it, and then you have uh when you have those boys though they know how to help you like really they have they took me from they have they have taken me from a lot you know when you have a lot of people sometimes when you're feeling bad you're like oh everybody's here you start looking at everyone and yeah. it feels amazing Yes. yes, yes, yes. Yes, baby. <laughs> She's, she wants to join in. Um, well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. And I know both our babies are in the background here. Or I don't know if Kalia went to bed, but um, we just wanted to catch up with you on keeping track. And is there anything that you wanted to talk about or something that doesn't get talked about very often um, that we can fit into this last portion of the interview? Anything about Betsy uh, you don't know? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think you know everything about me, you know, like, uh, just, you know, I've been racing with you. We started from the Olympics, you know, we've come from a long way, uh, but I, I will be excited to race with you again, you know, like both of us being mothers, it's just a kind of inspiring, um, but I really wish you well. And I hope all of us can be able to go to the Olympic trials and we don't know what happens. And, uh, hopefully we can be able to inspire other women. Um, and hopefully we can be able to challenge other companies to know that um, when you support someone, all that we need as women is just the support system. Other than that, we're going to come back strong. Like um, if you see for us, for me, for you, for Halvin, um, with the support, it makes things really easy. So um, I will just, I'll just, you know, hope and wish all the companies will, will follow what our companies are doing. I don't know what they did to you, but I feel like we're having a good support system. And I hope this thing can keep going for the women. And, you know, like women in the sport will do better with, with, the, with the biggest support. Yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and I'm relating a lot to your journey. I'm looking at how what times you're running and how well you're racing. And I hope 
Yes, I hope I have that in a few months myself. So I'm inspired by you and I can't wait to see you in person at a race sometime. So yes, thanks Molly <laughs> and I hope I can see you soon too. Thanks Betsy, good luck. But, uh, all the best in training and uh, keep in touch whenever you, you want to ask anything. I'm always there, I'm having a lot of fun and I hope you have a lot of fun as well. Okay, will do and good luck in Tokyo. We'll be cheering for you. Thank you, Molly. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Keep track, keep track. Keep track, keep track. One time, one. Yeah, yeah. Keep track, keep track. One time, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep track. You already know the track. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.